0: Good afternoon and welcome to Sins Chat Corner. I am very happy to report today that I finally get one of my friends and very, very multi-talented and versatile actresses on the show by the name of Christina May. She's been very fortunate to hold for us for just a moment or two here, so let's get her on the line and start our interview. Good afternoon, Christina. Hello. Hello, Christina. Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited I can't stand it. <laughs> I totally I totally am so excited I cannot stand it. Um I'm, I'm awesome. always excited to I am totally, always excited to have new people on my show, but especially somebody I started being friends with first and then giving you an opportunity to kinda lay your career out there for us and tell us who you are and what you've got going on, so I'm very excited. I have a ton of questions for you. Um I wanted to kinda start off at the beginning if I could. I want to tell you that I think you're doing, I just have to say that you're amazing. I find you to be amazing in that you're such an established talent. Um, For those that don't know, you're only 34 years old, and you've established yourself so well, in my personal opinion. And as we go along, people will be able to find out themselves. For those that are unaware, of course, you're um, a native of Oregon, correct? Yes. I believe it's Bend, Oregon that you are originally born in. Maybe if you yes. could just spend some time telling us about your youth and the initial path that you traveled to discover that your heart really lied in entertainment.
1: Okay, sure. Um, I could start off. I will say this, that I was adopted at age uh, seven, and so I've been in California almost all my life. So, um, you know, the thing is that my actual career didn't start until about 2000, officially, so I uh, was hired by a company called Media Casting, which is for Northern California casting, and for films, commercial, television, and special projects, so forth like that. And I was kind of second. I was a second hand man to Everett Blix. Okay. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how it started, and it it just allowed me. It opened a lot of doors as far as. Being able to be on sets and burning the office you know stuff everything you have to do in the office, and I had to do data entry, I had to actually picked the talent um and I had to do filing like normal and stuff just to begin with and then as time got up got you know going, I was able to be on sets and and really get involved,
0: okay. Wonderful. And did you discover? I wanted to ask, when you were a small child, I, was it automatically instilled in you, like, oh, I was watching movies and I like this and I like this? Was there any indication to you or to your parents early on that this is a career that you might choose, or were you just completely different at that point?
1: You know, um, I don't remember a whole lot, to be honest with you. I had a kind of a very troubled childhood, so.
0: I don't remember
1: all all that I was thinking about, but I do know that in high school, I started you know thinking I wanted to do something in the entertainment industry. I just didn't know exactly what to what to do or how to accomplish it and After I got out of high school, things kinda you know fell into my lap and I started taking things here and there um I did plays like church plays and and I did choir and stuff like that and I didn't really find my ground
0: until 2000. Okay, I gotcha. So were you also musically inclined when you were younger, or did that kind of come along as you had more training later on?
1: Well, I I did do uh, choir in high school. I was in chamber choir almost. I almost made it. Um, and I did church choir. I was a first soprano and then became second soprano as my voice got, you know, a little bit deeper and stuff. And I just kind of lost interest in the singing portion and fell into the other side of the industry.
0: Oh, okay. I've got you. I wanted to note this, too, because in doing research on you, I noticed that um, two particular elements that I found intriguing were you playing the flute and the piano. And I was interested to ask that. Did you get formal training on either of those at some point in time or how well-versed you are in playing those instruments?
1: Well, I'm no longer able to do that because uh, I haven't oh. always focused. I haven't been able to focus on that for a long time. But when I was younger, um, I really had interest in the music industry. Um, I learned piano basically by ear, and uh, I would you know play once in a while and so forth. And then the flute, kind of, I just took lessons in high school, but I never really followed through with that after high school. I just didn't find it as interesting.
0: Hmm. That is interesting how you had a like a musical interest to start with and kind of veered off on that which I do find on occasion but um is do you find that uh, how often do you get a chance to work in this capacity as far as does your music ever play a part now or will it do you think at some point in time?
1: No, I don't I don't think so. It hasn't for a long time. Uh I I kind of was a late developer and so the problem was my voice changed so dramatically, and okay. so I lost that, you know, when you're a child sometimes when you have that little cute voice, I mm-hmm. lost all that, and I just kind of didn't want to retrain myself and do, you know, that
0: anymore. Oh, okay. And now do you, besides the flute and piano, do you play other things as well?
1: Uh, no, no. I would. I okay. wish I did drums. I really did uh, wish I was able to play the drums because I do have interest. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll hit a couple, but you know that I'd have to take a lesson to actually do anything, and it just uh, sure. doesn't fit into my schedule. So.
0: <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Of course, I could understand that. And additionally, I note that you also speak English as well as Russian. I was curious to ask you about that. How did you uh, pick up on that dialect? where did you get that from?
1: Well, my biological family um, has a Russian background as well as uh, Spanish because my biological name is Christina May Barbelina Villanueva. Wow. So, yeah, hopefully. <laughs>
0: that <laughs> is know, beautiful. Be to to <laughs> I gotcha.
1: Okay. So, yeah, well, Spanish. And so my mom uh, was Spanish and my dad was Mexican. I know this sounds crazy. And then her parents were Russian. So I don't know exactly all the background information because I forgot, you know, I wasn't able to access a lot of my um, uh, you know, childhood memories and stuff. But I do I do know that I am part
0: Russian. Um not not a lot, but I do have some Russian in me. I gotcha. Now as is in terms of your family goes, when you had come to them and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this decision to go into entertainment, I want to do this, do this, did you find that they were supportive or did you find that they were more um, persistent in the regard of wanting you to have a 9-to-5 like a job or something more reliable, doctor, lawyer, things that you can rely upon as compared to the entertainment industry?
1: Yeah, well, my parents, uh, you know, they're, they're my parents. Whether they adopted me or not, they're my parents. I don't think of the other parents at all. But um, they're, they were teachers, and they retired in 2004, and, um, you know, I think they wanted me to kind of follow into a different path, but now that they see, you know, it's been 12 years I've been doing this, and so they see that I'm making progress, and I'm not about to get out of
0: it, so they've accepted it to an extent. And uh, have they seen you in the various performances that they've been in, or that you've been in, rather, since that point in time, I'm guessing, and have maybe possibly changed their mindset on that, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Recently, I had a uh, premiere. I was in a movie called Petite Chardonnay. We filmed it in Grass Valley, and Mm -hmm. we're trying to get it, we're trying to get the funds for it so that we can release it, but... Um, I did a small role in that which was interesting because I was supposed to I was just the script supervisor. That was my contract and one of the girls for one of the roles kinda didn't show up and they said, Oh, would you like to do that? Because I auditioned for the main role, the lead, uh, earlier and I was basically second at getting that role. If the girl that they chose didn't do it, it would have been mine. So the director, who's a good friend of mine, decided that it would be great if I would have a role. I had a half hour to prepare for eight lines, and
0: I knocked it out of the park. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) And unexpected, like you said, because obviously you're like, no, I was, wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Something for your parents yeah, to be very upset about, I get, or excited about, I should say. Okay, uh, before we kind of get into the theatrical and all the various things you participated in, I notice another element of your past is you're a um, dancer, gymnast, and you've performed ballet, and, of course, I know you've done track before. Uh, mm-hmm. Can I ask you, in your own personal opinion, were you always really well-versed athletically? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did like, you know, I did like sports, and I, I loved basketball, volleyball, and, uh, you know, all the, uh, like, track and so forth like that. Gymnastics kind of fell late. It was after the 96 Olympics, and that was when I was 18. And I'd been to a local club, and I just fell in love with the sport. And the funny thing is, is as soon as I enrolled, about six weeks later, I moved up to pre- level, pre-team level, so I already had the natural talent, I guess. I just needed to, you know, hone in on it and, and perfect it, so.
0: Sure, certainly. Uh, did you have a preference or what your personal favorite is out of that whole menagerie of things I've listed here? Do you do you find yourself saying, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a gymnast one day or I'd love to be dancing all the time, or is that something, again, you might want to embark upon somewhere later on if you have time?
1: <laughs> well... Here's the thing. I, I love gymnastics. is one of my favorite sports. The problem was that because I try, I you know um, got into it so late, I was prone to injuries, and I got injured pretty good. That it kind of prevented me from going any further. It wasn't anything major. It's just like I hyperextend m- both my knees. I uh, sprained my. Um, ankles a few times and i almost broke my neck so i was a hardcore type person but once
0: you know you get to a certain age you can't do that anymore certainly no i understand it, especially with the injury relative thing i've heard that before where it's kind of tough to try to go back after something like that has happened certainly i understand yeah. okay now i know at a certain point in your life you opted to attempt pursuing a career with nascar so i wanted to maybe ask you to share with us um the end result regarding that choice, of course, and additionally what intrigues you so much about it, because I know you're a huge fan as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, the interesting thing is I know I've tried so many different levels of life and and just different fields. I wanted to, you know, after 2005, I decided I wanted to take a break from the entertainment industry to see if it was something I really wanted to do. So I decided basically on a whim to to move to North Carolina, and I just wanted to be able to get my own place. I wanted to be able to just get into NASCAR schools. I could, because I enrolled into NASCAR Technical Institute, and I got in, but the problem was I couldn't get the loan, because you have to pay right away, and so I had to opt out, but I wanted to just take a break from the industry to see if it was really, really something I wanted to do, and I fell in love again with the industry because I was um, contracted to this major role that would have set me and my family for life. However, it turned into a fraudulent uh deal, and I lost everything in North Carolina, so I had to move back to California. And the interesting thing is, um, of all that, you would think that I would no longer want to be a part of the industry. You have no idea all the kind of drama I went through there. And to be honest with you, uh, my drive and my commitment and my determination is stronger than it's ever been. And I think it has something to do with the fact that I feel like I might have failed on a level or didn't succeed the way I wanted to. And I know that I can, so I just want to keep going and go further. So I think that's what got me
0: driven back to California. Ah, I gotcha. And of course, you're obviously, I'm assuming, still an avid fan, watching and and all that good stuff, and have your favorites relative to that. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I like NASCAR. It's uh, it's gotten a little bit old because I've been watching it for about 12 years, and I don't like some of the things that they're doing. I mean, like, I don't know if you're familiar with NASCAR at all, but with Jimmy Johnson winning so many you know, championships, it kind of gets old after a while. So I almost walked away this year if he won again.
0: So. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. There's been a lot of flip-flopping, Christina, hasn't there? Kind of like, I've been here, I've been here, I've been here. That's what makes you so amazing and diverse, I think, is you've really had experiences in different areas and realms, and that, that makes a person very well-rounded, I think, anyway. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and, um, I think, and I,
1: I think, I think that, too, but the problem is some people may think that I don't stick to things. That's not necessarily true. It's just that I wanted to kind of see where I fit in the best or, you know, what really works best for me. So I've been doing different areas and levels and even different fields to see which one I like the best.
0: Definitely. Okay, good. That makes perfect sense to me, of course. And as a side note, I also know that you like the NBA, correct? You got a particular team that you like, or just basketball as a whole?
1: Uh, well, let's uh, say right now I'm not very happy because I did like the Sacramento Kings when they had Mike Bibby, and then when Mike Bibby moved to other teams, I started following the other teams. But Mike Bibby uh, kind of retired, so I'm kind of not really into it anymore. I'll watch him on occasion, but I don't like
0: to talk about Kings all that much anymore, so. Oh, I gotcha. No, I hear you. I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our Milwaukee Bucks just aren't doing that terrific either. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm more of a Brewers fan now than I am a Bucks fan. That basketball thing just not working for me. And NASCAR, yeah. unfortunately, has just not been my thing. I just never got the concept of the NASCAR with the going around in circles again and again and again. It was like, I don't get it. Why do people like this so much, you know? It just seemed a little strange to right. me. But some people like it, so that's okay. Um I wanted to note that uh both your dramatical and dramatic I should say and theatrical um background is uh, derived from your time at um I want to say this right cons consumness River College is that <laughs> pronounced correctly probably not okay um might you tell me which skills do you think you gained solely from college being in college the, the things that they taught you that you found to be most beneficial to you as far as in your acting career
1: well, I would have to say definitely, um, I did take acting uh one and two, well, sort of two um, I took acting, but that was just a minor. I kind of wanted to see if I can do you know business or tech computer tech. I'm really good with computers, so I kind of wanted to make sure I had a back backup in case things didn't work out, but you know as time went on I said I got to make sure it works out because that's all I want to do in life is be in the entertainment industry so I didn't stick with college because I didn't see anything that I absolutely wanted to try to major in I might go back eventually but I'm not now
0: now did that hinder you at all in terms of career-wise meaning that people were somewhat reluctant because you hadn't completed your college education or was that not a deficit to you
1: uh, I was more of a hands-on type experience person. I, that's how I how I learn. A lot of people that I've worked with have taken chances on me, and, you know, obviously they're happy with what I do because I repeat work, but I didn't really have, you know, any people asking about my education necessarily. I haven't worked on, like, top level yet. I'm, I'm getting there, but I haven't done anything like, um, you know major sitcom or tv show or whatever not so i didn't need to worry about the college level aspect of it all
0: gotcha i understand i understand and how long did you spend in college
1: about a year and a half i was close to getting my aa and
0: computer applications gotcha okay Now let's talk about your career a little bit, because I know you started to touch upon this, of course. Um, You had taken your career path, went towards being a casting assistant for media casting. Uh, Maybe tell us or explain to us your incorporation into that particular position.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, It was interesting. I I was at home, and I heard about this casting call in Placerville, which isn't very far from me. And I met up with a friend that worked, you know, with Everett Blix, and he was looking for somebody that to replace her, I guess, and because she was leaving. And so she introduced me to Everett Blix, and then we hit it off real, real well r- right from the start. And so he put me on kind of like a thirty-day trial to see if it would work out. Okay. And he was re- he was really satisfied with the kind of work I was doing. I did account entry scheduling office work mainly, and then we kind of worked further in as far as what I do. All my assignments were a little bit more deeper and so forth, and then I started getting the um, chance to be on
0: sets and so forth. Gotcha. Okay. Did you happen to, in your own personal opinion this is, do you feel it proved to be a successful venture meeting doing the casting and that sorts of things? Was it successful for you or Were you like, no, I'd rather be doing something else? Do you know what I mean? Right.
1: Um, No, actually, I I enjoyed it from the start, basically. I knew that it might take me to a higher level. I didn't know exactly where it was going to take me. It was just a job to start off with. But it was something I became more interested as time went on. About two weeks in, I was like, this is awesome. I want to do this longer. (laughs) So I kind of just, you know, built up my reputation and my resume with him and How
0: exciting is that? Uh, I want to ask also how being in the casting let's say varies in depth and interest per se, like as compared to the production work, which I know you had done with, is it pronounced ARIA pictures? A-R-I-A pictures. Um, Tell us the difference in that.
1: Okay, well, the production was, basically I wanted to be on set and I also wanted to work, but I wanted to also try the acting world. I think I tried that first on most of my projects. I auditioned, and let's say I didn't get the role, then I would work production. So I'd always back myself up, you know, make sure that I was doing something on the project. And as time went on, obviously, my resume started building and so did my reputation. So people are more prone to taking a chance on me, even if they've never met me, than before, you know, when I wasn't working. So I, I just think it's all the work that I've done, I've done pretty well. I have, a, you know, referrals. I have people that say, you know, hire her because she's really good. And it's just it's just building up more and more and more. And right now it's getting close to the point where I'll be in L.A. soon.
0: Oh, wonderful. That's amazing because right. you're in Sacramento right now, correctly, if I got that right, right. Sacramento. Gotcha. Right. That's what I thought. And what was the duration of time you spent um, with media casting and then, of course, with Aria Pictures? Or are you still currently affiliated with them?
1: I'm still with Aria Pictures. Uh, I worked with media casting for about five and a half, six years. I worked from 2000 to 2006. And then when I moved, I kind of also w- worked for media casting when I was in North Carolina, mostly. And um, just, you know, doing schedules or just touching bases on what was going on back in Sacramento. Um, But, you know, we're friends still. I just don't talk to him as often because he's no longer a part of media casting. And, um, you know, it was, that's pretty much how it was. You know, I already have pictures I've been working with for about two years, and I've really enjoyed it. I'm really good friends with the director and editor.
0: Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now, before we start actually talking about some of the different roles that you've been in, this is always an interesting question for me that I like to ask, and I've learned this through other interviews. The technique as well as the process for an actor performing in TV as compared to film always varies. So maybe looking back at your own work and your own career, can you give our audience your take on that, how accurate that might be or what your process is uh, TV-wise as compared to film?
1: Yeah, yeah, T V and film are totally different. Um, I used to go to LA a lot for live tapings of shows like the Big Bang Theory, that semi show, Boy Meets World, those shows. And when you go there you see a totally different atmosphere and that's top level, you know, experience there. Sure. So you really get to see how different it really is. And I've worked I've walked the sets of that semi show and I've walked the sets of Big Bang Theory, so I kind of have an, uh, an idea on both sides of the lens, you know, what it looks like, and um, I worked on a movie called Rockstar back in 2000, and it was just as an extra, but it was definitely an experience, because I worked with Jeff Aniston and Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney, and that was, yeah, so that was an experience, and I just kind of got involved as much as I could earlier on, and now I'm just ready to jump in.
0: With both feet, of course. (laughs) Uh, Now, can you give us a typical day, and this is, of course, for individuals like myself, where we're not sitting on a set, per se, whether it's on a TV show or whether it's actually acting on a feature film or a short film. What's a day like in in the TV world as compared to what it's like in the film world?
1: Well, TV world, you obviously have an audience. You have a lot more rehearsal time as far as, you know, doing uh, camera blocking. Like, let's say uh Big Bang Theater, what they do is they film on Tuesday nights. And so they have a um they have a schedule of Wednesday. The following day is a table read and then they do rehearsal. And then Thursday they have full rehearsal and blocking. And then Friday they do full rehearsal blocking with cameras and notes and so forth. They get the weekend off and then Monday they do pre tape. A dress re- you know, final dress rehearsal, and then Tuesday's the show. So they have a lot different schedule than a movie. As far as the movie is concerned, it's, you know, it could be, depending on how, what level, you know, if it's a A-class level uh, movie, it could work six days a week, but it's a completely different situation because you don't have an audience on you, and sure. when you're, when you have an audience, you have to – it's almost doing a theater live, right? So you have to right. be on. You don't have that opportunity to mess up and, and people not know about it. But on a movie, you can mess up and no one will know about it unless they do it for the
0: director cut or whatever. Sure, sure. Do you find that your time is, is more elongated? Like some of the actors that I've spoken to have said, yeah, we could come on a set, and then you're waiting five or six hours to get your part in, and then you do your little bit, and then you wait again. Um is it the same television relative or is that different as well?
1: Uh for film it's hurry up and wait, depending on how what level okay. of uh role you have. If you have a lead role, that's a little bit different. But if you have a uh, supporting role or a lower role like that, then yeah, it's a hurry up and wait. You could wait twelve hours before working. You know, call time could be at twelve o'clock and you don't start until midnight. I've had that experience. So um but for television, um, it's a little bit different because they're on a much different schedule, and they have to worry about, you know, running tape, rolling tape, and so forth like that. It costs a lot of money to roll tape, so they have to be really careful how they use their time.
0: I see. And have you ever found yourself in a situation, either TV-wise or or film-wise, where you've said to yourself, oh, my Lord, I'm sitting here 12, 14 hours, and I have the small part, and do you think – boy, I'm kind of regretting this decision or thinking, yeah, maybe this isn't something that I want to do? You know, maybe at first I did
1: because I was just, you know, green, very green. But as time has gone on, I've gotten used to it. I mean, I used to spend six hours at a live taping waiting to get in. And when you experience that and then you work on a set, you see that they are pretty close to the same thing and it doesn't bother you the more you do it.
0: Okay, gotcha. And that means you must have a tenacity and a passion for it, obviously, because you need to have that to be so patient and so diligent. And I can't even imagine what that must be like. I would go bananas. Yeah. I would run out the door after, like, two hours, like, I've had enough. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a patient right.
1: person. I can handle a lot. So, I mean, that it doesn't bother me because I talk a lot with people. If I'm not at a live taping and I have to wait four or five hours, I, I do a lot of networking. If it's the same thing as being on a movie or a television show, I do a lot of networking. Always work. You always work. And it won't matter. You know,
0: time goes by really fast. Oh, definitely. And, of course, since you happen to mention the magic word, George and Clooney, for those who don't know him, which everyone does, it's one of my fantasy husbands. So what was that like, being around that person? <laughs> I have to ask that question because you're mm-hmm. the first one who's actually done that.
1: Well, I, I did not work with him directly, but he was uh executive producer for that film. Um, I did meet him once, and I worked with Jennifer Aniston. Was, this is the weird thing. With Jennifer Aniston, I just saw her, like, days before, and then I was on the set of Friends, and so we kind of looked at each other and go, wait a minute, I think I know you kind of moment. And so that was <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs>
0: How cool is that, actually? Yes. And just being in the presence of George Clooney, I thought, oh my gosh, well, just in the presence of actors as a whole. But George Clooney, I think, is more the modern day Cary Grant, if you will. So that's why I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And he's dashingly handsome. And from what I'm told, just so pleasant and polite uh-huh. and very easy to be around. Oh, yeah. He's patient. He was really patient. You know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't see him
1: a whole lot because he was working. Sure. But um, I met him. And then, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Um,
0: we actually saw – have you seen the movie, Rex, though? I'm trying to think. Um, I might have, and I was trying to think about that before I interviewed you. I think probably a while ago I have, or I've seen parts of it anyways.
1: It was when he was um, a band leader, uh, and, and it was for Cheap Trick – or not Cheap Tricks. What was it
0: called? I can't. Uh, oh. I- oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes.
1: Okay, yeah. So I was—that's the problem. And so we saw a full set. You know, uh, we saw a full set when we were waiting there for about twelve hours before our our roll. And we were sitting there watching the full set and so forth. So that is pretty interesting to see because they, you know, he does play, but or did. I don't know if he still does or not. But um, so that
0: was interesting to see that happen. Sure. I imagine you probably get a bird's eye view of lots of things that the average individual is not going to be privy to clearly because we just right. see the finished product sitting here which is which I think is fascinating. All right, let's talk about um let's start talking about some of the projects you've been involved in. I know that in 2011 was the uh production The Watering Hole produced of course by mm-hmm. Jerry Davenport um as I understand it a recipient of the Producer's Choice and Wave award. I'm interested yeah. to ask you um we'd like to know the role you played and how you were approached about said role. And also if it's easier to act in a short as compared to a full length feature film.
1: Okay. Um, well with Gerald, Gerald Davenport, he's he's a good friend of mine. He's the one I was talking about earlier.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. I
1: actually auditioned for a role on watering hole and I was close, but not quite. So I called him up after he told me that I didn't get the role. I called him up. I said, You know, I do have experience in production. And so he took a chance on me. He was a little bit reluctant because he's never met me before. But he said, Well, I'll give you the script supervisor, or not script supervisor, I'm sorry. I'll give you a role, a a production role. And so I was the um, slater, you know, the slate person. And I helped a little bit with other things too.
0: Okay. I got gotcha. you. And do you find that you have an easier time participating in the, the what they call the short films as compared to the full-length films, or do you have a personal preference yourself?
1: Well, the shorts are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit shorter period of time, but um, sometimes they're a little bit harder to do than the, the feature. Like Petit Chardonnay is a 55-minute film. But, uh, so, and then I figured that, I think that was a little bit easier than the
0: uh, short, to be honest video. Oh, okay. I've got it. And and that would seem, I guess, obviously, if you would say to me, oh, the short seems in some ways more complicated, I'd be more inclined to ask you, is there a particular reason why you find that to be the case?
1: Well, the short, you know, you have, since it's so short, like 10 minutes and so forth, it's a little bit harder to, um You know, your time-wise, it is a little bit more uh, complicated. But with a 55-minute, you're able to – because he actually filmed, I think, an hour and 15 minutes and brought it down to 55 minutes. So he was able to do a lot of the cuts and stuff like that he needed to, but it was a little bit more organized than the watering hole.
0: Oh, Okay. And of course, obviously with each particular project you're working excuse me, you're working with a particular director, so obviously their wants and needs are different. Um, have you found yourself uh having a preference as to who you enjoy working with? Outside of Jerry, that is.
1: Um, you know, honestly I haven't really I mean, I love working with Gerald Davenport. I also work with Judith Plank. I worked on a film called Montoni Lover and we're about to release that. And um I was her script supervisor and her continuity specialist. I kind of took on a few roles as far as, you know, on the production side for that particular film. Um, That was a four-month project, so it was quite an event.
0: (laughs) Oh, I imagine so. And how did you get approached about that one, this particular one?
1: Uh, I worked on Buddies, uh, which is also a Gerald Davenport uh, project. But it was Judith playing. She was the director for that particular film, and Judith and Gerald worked before together. And Gerald said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe you should hire Christina May on, you know, the production side." And so she did. And so now I'm. Pro- I'll probably be working with her quite a few
0: times, as well as Gerald. Those are the probably the two that I enjoy working with the most. Oh, certainly. Uh, if I were to ask you at this point in time, if you could think off the top of your head what you would constitute as your quote unquote dream director, if there's one person you'd be dying to work with, would do anything for it to get this set up. Who would it be, do you think?
1: Oh, boy. Well, I would have to say on the television side, I would like to work with Bill Prady, who is the, direct, he's the director creator of, uh, well, Mark, um, let's see. The Big Bang Theory. I want to work on the Big
0: Bang Theory. Let me just take that <laughs> Ah, okay. Really? See, I would have thought yeah, you would have said, would have like, like um, Sam Mendes or, um, I'm trying to think, uh, Steven, you know, the Steven Spielbergers of the world or, you know, things like that, the, the really high up. Or even George Clooney, for that matter, obviously, because he's been a director before. And I think Brad Pitt, if I'm not mistaken, too.
1: Right. Um, um, Aaron Sorkin,
0: too. Definitely want to work with Aaron Sorkin. Oh, Chorkin. definitely. Or Kurt Sutter. <laughs> I'm just partial to Kurt Sutter, of because of Sons of Anarchy. So I always have to throw that in there. Who doesn't want to be on oh. Sons of Anarchy? Oh,
1: I mean, I, I like I like things that are a little bit different than others and, and it's also just experience from that too. So, you know, like okay. I said, it'd be people that I know really well or I have connections with.
0: Gotcha. No, I understand, definitely. Um, and you just referenced buddies a little bit, so I want to talk about that particular um film, if I could for a second. Maybe just kind of tell the audience um, just the premise behind what that film was about and did it serve to be some form of a learning experience for you in your career?
1: It was a learning experience because it was the first time of being a script supervisor on that kind of level film. Um, It's kind of hard to explain this film because there's not really – I mean, it was about a guy who – back from the Vietnam War, or not Vietnam War, but uh, war, I can't remember which war, and he has all these um, kind of flashbacks, and it, it puts him into a world, basically, and there's this buddies, which is the pet dog in it, or pet cat, I'm sorry, that has been so long, um, <laughs> and I can't remember everything, but anyway, so he goes through, he finds this pet cat, and he's trying to get rid of it, and so forth, and it
0: just, it's just an interesting film. I imagine so. Now, that was the particular film that was debuted at the film festival, a place called Sacramento, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, just wanted to clarify about that. Now, um, in terms of this particular film, um, is there a particular way if the audience wanted to go ahead and check it out or be able to view it, how they'd be able to do so at this point? Uh,
1: yeah, Buddies and also Watering Hole you can find on YouTube. Um, okay. And a place, place called Sacramento, I think, on the on their website as well, they have um, winners, and, and the Watering Hole is a winner back in or okay. from 2011. So right. there's a lot of ways, you know, with with the way the Internet works, there's so many leisure ways to, you know, get the films that most people would never think. So you just have to look on YouTube. You can look on a uh, place called Sacramento website, Access Sacramento, Okay. I gotcha.
0: Okay. Got it. All right. Next question. I want to talk TV a little bit because I know I had cited the uh, television series Smash as part of your resume. Mm Mhm. Now, at any point in time, did you have any reservation about delving into television, or did meaning you wanted to be more of a theatrical or film actress as compared to doing TV?
1: Well, the thing is that I was raised as an only child, so I didn't get a whole lot of attention growing up. And I think that kind of uh, reminisces on on my adulthood because now I feel like I want to get the attention that I, you know, kind of lacked back in in my childhood. So I do want to – I'm kind of like a ham. I kind of want the attention. I want the spotlight. So that's why I want to be on a sitcom or a television show that has an audience.
0: Sure. Now. I'm also wondering. Excuse me, here one second. How long that project lasted? Oh, smart. The actual series. The actual series itself. Oh, it's been on for I think seven
1: or eight years. Um, I was only in one episode, but I hope to work on it because uh, since it is local for right now, I hope to work on it again.
0: Yeah, actually, that was just what I was going to ask you, too, is if this is something that's going to be more of a reoccurring thing for you um, as compared to a one- or two-time shot. Um, And, again, I wanted to note that I also found in your resume that you had been reunited again um, to do that short that we talked about, the 55-minute short entitled Petite Chardonnay. Um, Mm -hmm. How would you say your relationship with this director is compared to others, per se? (laughs)
1: Excuse
0: me. (laughs) Oh, I'm
1: sorry about that. Um, I would fine. say that that Gerald is a very good friend of mine. He really put a in trust, you know, put a lot of trust in me and um, gave me a chance that probably most people would not. And we just built a really strong friendship and kind of a bond in which that any kind of project he has in the future, that most likely I will be a part of in
0: some, you know, form. Gotcha. And now, can I also ask, were your experiences with him parallel in both films? Meaning, from a director's standpoint, did you notice different things, or was the experience different in the first film as compared to now with the secondary film?
1: Well, um, as far as Petit Charnay and, and Watering Hole, yeah,
0: correct. I'm sorry. It, yes.
1: Right. Yeah. Watering Hole, since it was a short, um, you know, and I was fairly new, um, it was it was kind of. It's definitely different than Petite because Petite was after we became really good friends. The level of respect has always been there. The, uh, you know, professionalism has always been there. But there's a bond, a relationship, friendship there now than there was before.
0: Ah, I gotcha. And I'm assuming, of course, that somewhere down the road you'll be reunited again, I'm guessing, because you have a, you know, a solidified relationship with said director. Right.
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to. Work on something pretty soon. I don't know all the details yet, so I'm able. I'm supposed to stay quiet about that right now. But okay. I do believe
0: that we will be working together very soon. Okay. And then, um, if you maybe want to touch on the other piece of work that I know you've done, which is a production called The Long Slow Burn, maybe tell the audience what that's, uh, what does that entail? What is that about?
1: I was uh, a assistant director for that film, and it was somebody I've never worked with, but. He heard about what I'd done, and he read, you know, my resume and so forth. We met, and we hit it off real well. So I was uh, able to work on that. It's a short, um, okay. and it was it was it was a fun experience. It was a little bit less professional, as far as you know, there was no funding. But I'll say this: that uh, Josh Pearson, which is his, is the director and the writer, he was very professional and uh, very successful and i can't i haven't haven't seen the full project yet but i do from what i've seen on set he did a real real good job
0: oh wonderful absolutely wonderful Uh, next question for you because i'm intrigued to ask because i don't know if any of you have seen christina may's picture which i have and i've been speaking to her for a while but you're beautiful physically beautiful not only are you appealing but you're just absolutely adorable and you're single so what's up with that what's going on (laughs) Oh, well, you know, the thing
1: is I'm trying to focus more on my um, professional career than I am on my, you know, social side. So I'm not really looking at getting into a relationship
0: until I'm more settled into my career. That makes perfect sense, obviously. I just, I thought that was so kind of quirky. I was like, wait, she lives in California. She's talented. (laughs) She's on these sets. I'm like, hello, you would have your pick of the litter here. I, I just, that floored me. I was amazed to hear that, actually. Um, maybe tell us a little bit because we're on the outside looking in here in terms of your life. um what's a difficult day for you? What does it entail? Well, right
1: now it's slow i mean if i if I'm working on a project, I'll get up early and and you know call get a early call to the set and I am very professional, I'm very prompt and if if there's work, I'll be working but um right now, with it being slow i I don't do a whole lot I, right now, I'm just kind of taking care of my family and taking care of the cats that we have and that's pretty much it. You know, I, I do a lot of internet work. I do editing. Um I have a YouTube account that has over two million views and so I'm trying to build that up a little bit more. Um right. my social media my social media um you know career if you will is really building up. And I just focus on, on the um learning how to do re- I do research, I do character study, I do a lot
0: of studying. So that's that's a big thing for me. I imagine so. And then maybe you could tell us something that we don't know about you. Tell us one thing about Christina May that might surprise us. Oh, boy, I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: I would have to say that um, I'm very independent, very independent. I'm also very... Um, I, I'm very animated, I guess, too. You know, when when I'm when I need to be, but I'm very professional as well. So I'm more business oriented than I am family or social oriented.
0: I gotcha. Okay. And was there some career at some point in time that you would have loved to have tried that you haven't?
1: Oh man, no, not really, because I've, I've kind of touched on everything that I've des- desired to do. As far as NASCAR, I worked in the hotel industry. Um, I did the sports side of things and the acting and production. The only thing that's ever stuck is the acting and production. Every time I'm on a
0: set, it's like having a hanger in my mouth because I'm so excited about it. Oh, that's amazing. And and just to hear that passion resonate through your voice is so exciting, my God. Speaking of exciting, yeah. I understand that you recently yeah. began filming Road to Travel, which is by director Michelle Goodall. Maybe can you tell us is there anything you can tell us about it? When's it coming out? What's it about? How'd you get involved? Oh, okay. Well that one is
1: uh kind of a sore spot because I had to I had to walk off the set of that one.
0: Oh I'm sorry. I am yeah. right though, right? Well, this is something you just started on. Or yeah, so I, I thought. I worked on
1: it for I worked on it for three days and there was some unprofessionalism and you know, with all the experience that I have and all the, um, you know, how I take in professionalism, I did not appreciate it. So I had to walk off the set for that.
0: Oh, no, I'm so sorry, dear. I apologize. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's it was March, I was more excited to talk outside. about that. Um, well, okay. that leads, to, actually, that's, probably a precursor to my next, you know, my last of two questions for you, first of which is obviously what's on the horizon? Can you tell us about the new projects that might be coming along or things that you've lined up that people can look for?
1: Yeah, um, I'll be working on this uh, series, web series, or at least hopefully. Um, I'm still trying to close the deal here, but it's called The Lobbyist. It's a web series. It's by John, uh, let's see, John Kenneth Roberts. And so he is going to hire me as script supervisor. Okay. I'm sorry, Johnson that- is Wagner is his name. And um so I'll be working on that. And I also have a couple projects that I can't really speak too much about that are gonna be based in LA. It's a there's a pilot
0: and then there's a uh continued series. Ah, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. And this will all be happening within the year I'm gathering.
1: I believe so. I
0: think uh, 2013 is going to be my year. Wonderful. Did you give a? Did you wake up on January 1st and say, "Okay, this is my New Year's resolution"? Do you have any of those?
1: I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because uh, the last time that I've you know, it's been a few years that I ever set one, I blew it basically 15 days later. So I don't really set anything. I kind of go with the day and, and go with the night and, and see how it goes and, and just go with flow. Gotcha.
0: Actually, that's a wonderful attitude to have. Now, if your fans or individuals that are listening or someone who's interested in just shaking your hand or meeting you, do you ever do personal events or p- make personal appearances, places that they can meet you?
1: Oh, I'm very open to that. I mean, I I love being able to give my autograph and, and meeting people, and, and I'm not one of those. You know, egotistical type uh, LA girls. I'm not going to be like that. I'm very well grounded and down to earth. So if someone walked up to me or, you know, if they wanted me to appear somewhere, I'd definitely do
0: it in a heartbeat. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I will keep that on file for myself because I could hook you up with about 18,000 people that would love to do that with you. I'm certain of it. (laughs) I'm very excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem at all, actually. That's what friends do for each other. Thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. Last question. The last question I wanted to ask you um, before I get to all of your contact information, because I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach you after this interview. And coincidentally, okay. just so that you know this, and for anyone that's listening, um, shortly after we get finished with this interview, anybody will be able to go back all year round and be able to archive listen to this episode. Um, it's also going to get blasted out to YouTube as well, so you'll have more of a hopefully national following to it, just to keep your cool. pride of that. Um I just wanted to kind of maybe get your feet on this. If there's individuals who are listening that have a theatrical background or looking to get into production or casting, looking at it now, what sorts of things could you advise them or what could you maybe tell them that they need to know or should stay away from relative to the business?
1: Well, as far as uh, need to know, you basically have to take in what you can, especially if you're just beginning. You want to experience as much as you can. I will say that I have a lot more respect for the industry because I've tried both sides of the coin or lens, however you want to look at it. And you need to be open to doing not just acting but also production. You learn a lot on both sides. And as far as, uh, you know, being an actor versus being in production, like I said, I, I really respect it as an actor because you see the whole process. As a production, you also have a lot of respect for the actors as well as the production because you see, again, the whole process. So I would say for anyone who is interested in getting involved, definitely do it. Take classes, you know, meet people, do the networking, and work on as many projects as you can because you build that resume up. You know, that's the best thing to do.
0: I imagine so. Do you ever find that you're going to be in a position where you think you're going to want to be directing someday?
1: Uh, That's actually an interesting, um, you know, question. I will say this. I am a writer um, for a – I'm going to be turning in a film for a place called Sacramento. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it for 2013 or 2014, but I do have a film, it's a short, that I'm thinking to turn in that I wrote myself, and I would be the director for that. So I would definitely want to have a director's, um, you know,
0: title. Wow, that would be awesome. I would be very excited okay. to see that. I'd be very excited just to hang with Christina. I think most of the people that are listening to this think that you're probably just, you're a cool chick, for lack of a better uh, term. I'm not quite sure how to how to pose you, but you are. You're a cool chick. Wow. You're versatile. You're laid back. You're skilled at what you do. You're open to all different um, occupations within your occupation, if that makes sense. And I find that yeah. fascinating, of course. Now, yeah. I want to do the rundown here of, like, the 8 million places sold Bear with me as I read this and then hopefully I haven't forgotten anything. I know that you have um a link on Twitter, which is at L U V seventies, which is seven zero S. I know you have a but, Facebook page, which for those of you who don't know how to spell her name, it's Christina, which is K R Y S T I N A, and May, which is M A E is the last name. So you can find her on Facebook, of course. She does have a business profile on LinkedIn for those of us who are in the business world. You do also have a profile which is the movie database IMDB of course. I know that your um various works can be found on YouTube. And the actual um website itself being Christy K R Y S T A M A E dot WordPress dot com, which is um yep. just to find information about your biographical work, all your other various works, interests, etc. Have I missed anything?
1: I don't think so because all those have links to other links. So um, there's plenty yes. <laughs> as social media that I, um, your websites
0: that I am a part of, so. No problem. That's kind of what I thought. Definitely, I just wanted to make sure that I didn't forget any means whatsoever to have them go ahead and do that. If I happen to find a very cute single boy, I will certainly pass him along your way. Even though you are <laughs> hell bent on being on your career, it never hurts. And we'll be having conversations after the show in reference to partnering you with some people. So I want to make sure that I tell you, do not be a stranger. So the next time you have a project coming up, just come on back. We would love to have you on the show. I'm going to put all okay. your stuff up on my page after. Um, I'm just I'm. I'm thrilled that you did this. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm appreciative. I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it, too. And it's so
1: nice to be friends with you, you know, and, and talk you.
0: to you on a regular oh, basis.
1: Huh? So we'll definitely, we'll definitely keep in touch. And, um, I would you like. know, if you need anything, let me know as well. And, and I'm, I'm just uh, really excited. So thank you very much.
0: Oh, not a problem at all, dear. I will talk to you later, and thank you so much again. And like I said, archived episode starts um, shortly after we get off the air here. So make sure you post that, and um, I'll be in touch with you shortly though. Okay, thank you so
1: much. I appreciate right, it. Bye,
0: everyone. And that was my interview, of course, with, again, actress Christina May. Uh, just wanted to point out one more time that she is on Facebook under Christina May. You can also find her at Twitter, which is at OUV70S. And the website again being k r y s t a m a e dot wordpress dot com. I just want to make you aware of two different things before we go. I'm going to be interviewing my dear friend and business proprietor, Elizabeth Mason. She's going to be coming on our show at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow. And please make sure that you mark your calendars, which is a very long awaited interview, which has had to be rescheduled. Three times, I think, no. This would be one of my returning guests and one of my favorites, which would be Aviva Drescher of The Real Housewives of New York. She is uh, currently confirming her calendar for this coming Friday, which would be the 11th. Last bit of information I want to give you before I get off air, which is starting next week, and I believe that's the 14th, I will be also co-hosting a secondary show, name of it being Sam Crow Radio, and that's... Sam, one word, Crow, C-R-O, and then radio. I'll be doing that one time a week. And the premise behind that show is just basically um, I'll be doing interviews with the various cast members of the very wildly popular hit show, which we all know I'm a fan of, Sons of Anarchy, which is on FX. And so I'll be uh, interviewing past cast members, present cast members, currently working on Dayton Kelly, which is a friend of mine who plays Unser on the show, Um, and then, of course, future, um, whoever might actually be coming on. And if we get lucky enough and popular enough, perhaps we can convince Kurt Sutter to spend five minutes on our show, but we'll see. Um, So if you want the details, go to the Facebook page, which is Sam Crow Radio. I've also established up a blog talk radio, an entirely separate show, which is entitled, same name, Sam Crow Radio. And, of course, you can find it located under Twitter with the exact same handle as well. So please be certain to go ahead and check that out. Like the Facebook page. That will give you all the detailed information. I'm very fortunate that, um, again, first interview, Carl, is going to be at noon Central Standard Time on the Sam Crow Radio Station on Blog Talk Radio, 12 o'clock, and the individual is Carl McDowell, who is just a fascinating individual. He's been a comedian for some time, and additionally, I'm excited to say that he was a uh, past Sons of Anarchy cast member. So again, 14th, noon. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, 11 o'clock, Central Standard Time, with my guest, Elizabeth Mason. Thank you very much for tuning in today, and you all have a good afternoon.